0: All right, welcome to another episode of Hobby Day in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. And with me as always is... Dan. And I'm Steve. I'm Ward. Mike. Okay, so, what have you guys been up to lately? I rolled many
1: dice. I haven't done a lot of painting the uh, last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, played in some like X-Wing tournaments, lots of practice games, and some other random games on the side as well, and yeah, mostly rolling dice for myself. Nice, it's awesome. I also played some games, but I can't talk about them because they're in a system that I'm not allowed to talk about.
0: That's right, you're grounded. And I bet you painted models for a system you can't talk about either.
1: Yeah, but I also did paint models for Infinity, which I can talk about. Okay, what'd you Uh, do? I finished, well, I can't say I finished because I don't have the bases done for him yet, but I did finish the Mobile Brigada, I think that's his name. Sure, Sure, let's go with that. That's what it's on the pamphlet, but I don't actually know if that's the correct Name because it sounds really weird to me.
0: It would be really weird if they put a name on the actual model and it wasn't the name for it.
1: Uh, It's all Spanish and stuff, so it's possible that it's not something's getting lost in translation. That's my thought. Because it is the Mobile Brigada and it's like the super cool mech guy. Okay. Sounds Sounds legit? That's me. That's it. That's it. I can't talk about my stuff.
0: All right.
1: Yes, this is going yes, to so, be one of my favorite episodes so ever. Glad, I'm so glad Ward painted shit that one
2: time because <laughs> now Steve can't
3: talk about the game that shall not be named. Respect mm. just went up a little bit more, Ward.
2: Should, should we continue to make a bed, uh a wager? So, like every if week? you'll keep
1: painting and I can play the game we can't talk about with you. <laughs> yes, I actually would. But I think we're okay. <laughs> I, think I think I'm safe. You're pretty safe. <laughs> Although apparently he's going to play the game we can't talk about at the LVO next year with some yellow painted models.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's been working on that army for as long as I've known him. That's Can I not call
3: bullshit? Happen. Can I? Is this this is
2: where I call bullshit? <laughs> don't oh? we'll see. We'll see, guys. I won't. No, we won't see it.
0: No. <laughs> uh,
1: got in a little onslaught practice with uh, with Dale. Played our onslaught list. Pretty good. Cool. Excellent.
2: There you go. Uh, I did a little bit more painting. I painted up some more drop zone stuff. Uh, got some more of what my. What's happening? I know. Hey. I <laughs> oh, he was working on some walkers and everything. Dan can attest to this. He that's was, true. He saw the. Oh, nice. Which walkers? Did you, you
1: get your Odin done, or do you have an Odin?
2: I have. I have an Odin. No, it, that's part of the package that I bought that I have to clean up still. Nice. Um, I also bought the new, like Hades Walker command the scorpion thing. Yeah. yeah. But the special character HQ version.
3: Oh, oh, sorry, you were saying you had that an All-Star or whatever, right? Yeah,
2: so yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'll buy that right now. Here you go, here's some money. Mm. So that's all they had that I wanted. I need to pick up some Caymans. I need to pick up the special character Cayman commander too. He's. I think he only brought in the special characters and such. So, But yeah, I did a little bit of painting that. Played some uh, X-Wing with Dan since I could not make it to any of the tournaments over the next two weeks since I was working both those weekends. And that was me. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, yeah. What
3: did I do? Um, I finished <laughs> painting up a Vermin Lord. I finished painting up all of my Planetfall stuff. I started the starter set for Infinity, and I'm really close to being finished. That's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> what? I have two models finished, and the third one is like base coated. <laughs> So, that's been in the same period of time. It's been a week. It's been a week.
3: It's it's a week. Yeah, I did all the infinity stuff. I'm pretty
0: sure your first model of the models that you had finished were before he even got his models. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was doing the Vermin Lord and the. uh, We all have to.
1: Nobody's catching Mike here, so let's not worry about that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, it was a slow week.
1: I primed three (laughs)
3: Battlemags.
2: Yeah. That's that's (laughs) basically the Dan update. Zero respect,
1: Dan. Zero. What do you I do? cleaned all the mold lines. Oh, man. Ward, I,
3: he'll give you respect, maybe.
1: Drilled barrels? Drilled mold lines, maybe laser holes? Yeah, thrown Once out. It I more still think we should away. buy Ward, the like, really expensive GW mold line cleaning
2: tool. You That's don't. just a piece of dull metal. Yeah, you do Attached <laughs> 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 to a handle. Don't need to do that. We I should make we a should trophy. Already of it. Have it?
0: We should have a Ward <laughs> trophy at all of our events oh. for, the mo- for the army that has the fewest number of mold lines visible. And you just get your name added. You can carve it with the tool. Yeah, yeah level, <laughs> the tool is
1: go. useless into the into the trophy. I think this makes sense.
0: Yeah, we'll just take it to every tournament that we ever attend. It
2: does sound
1: legit. I like this. Let's pick it up. The tool's fifty dollars. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? I think it's like thirty dollars.
0: That's still, still absurd. Rich- I know. Oh, was my it, God. Wasn't
1: the toothbrush for, like, cleaning filings, like, $20? Like, the shitty toothbrush-looking yeah. thing? Wait, what, they have a toothbrush? They had yeah. a toothbrush thing for brushing, like, resin shavings off after you use the scraper or something. It was really ridiculous. It was a giant oh, toothbrush. Oh, like, the really, really thin, like, uh, overcast, like, where the mold line is, where it's kind of, like... The, I think the it was press. for, like, once you're done, like, cutting and filing and all the other stuff, it was, like, a toothbrush to it's clean like, your model and yeah. get the, like, residue off. I th- there, actually, like, I, think I, I think I know what it was probably for. It was probably for, like, the little bit that's extra... St- you're like thin. You don't want to damage anything, so use a brush.
0: Oh. So you can spend twenty or thirty bucks on a toothbrush. Basically,
1: yeah, yeah that makes zero sense to me. But sure. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So on the top gives zero sense. I've done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just kind of been. Uh, I guess a pretty busy couple weeks for me. i been mean, playing a lot of games. That's good. That counts. What so I've uh, played a lot of Malfo, Played a lot of War Machine at Provocon, which we'll get into later, and. uh... You also played a game of fantasy. I heard about this. Yeah, which we'll, we'll talk about that. later. Because, again, ProvoCon. So it's basically it for me for hobby. But I'm hoping to get... A, right now, the, my problem is I'm really... I'm torn between getting into Drop Zone or Planetfall because I want one of these two games. Drop Zone, Drop Zone, Drop Zone. See, here's the difference. Planetfall is like a quarter of the price. It's a quarter of the game. Boom.
3: I told you Drop Zone is a better game, yes. I have but incredibly strong
1: opinions on this subject. Planetfall
3: <laughs> is very quick to learn and it's a very fast game. They are two different things entirely. Yeah, but they're both. You think they're both the same, but they're not.
0: No, aesthetically. like it's, Okay. Not, like...
1: Drop Zone is the game, is how the game I can't talk about should play. It's unbelievably perfect in the way that infantry interacts with vehicles. And what infantry is used for, yeah. and how armies maneuver and position themselves. It is such a great game of maneuver and position.
3: I told you this before too, but like yeah, you said, yeah, it's yeah. not cheap.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you get what you pay for. The model's pretty sweet.
0: That's true, and the resistance is out now, so mm-hmm. I shouldn't be able to resist it. School buses, the resistance is futile. You get
1: Mad Max action going the whole way. It's awesome. Yeah, I know. If I find this, just,
0: if I find the starter in a store, I'll probably just impulse buy it.
1: Oh shit! I should have totally picked that up at the LBO. I had, they were giving away starter sets for two drink tickets. You got your two drinks Ooh, and a starter set. By the time they came around to me, it was already sold out. Dale, wow. Dale actually picked up uh, uh, the PHR. PHR, I think it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. For two drinks. He was like, Can I have two drink tickets? And they were like, Do you also want a starter set? And he was like, Is, is that extra? Is this a joke? <laughs> and no, they were just, that's what they were doing because Hawk didn't want to take their stuff home. It was
0: ridiculous. Well, and it's a great way to get people into the game, too. Yeah, That's totally. actually pretty brilliant marketing. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy booze, so obviously your inhibitions are down, so you're just going to take their models. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, it's yeah, now that was a brilliant idea, and I would have picked up the resistance. I probably would have picked up two or
1: three boxes, actually. I would probably, because let's be honest here, I could have easily gone through six drinks, could have gone have three boxes, would have been good.
0: Yeah, okay, well, either way, um, nah, this is getting so dangerously close to our next segment, which is shut up and take my money. <laughs> so why don't we just, like, move on to that? Okay, so let's reverse the order. Mike, where's your money going this week?
3: All over the place. Actually, it's, it's I'm in trouble this week because I want to pick up a couple of things of, for infinity. And if the rumors are correct this Friday, Armada is hitting the stores. Which in, Armada? Star, no, Star Wars Star Armada. War, uh, There's
1: a million games named Armada. Yeah, we Star need to Wars eye. Armada.
3: Isn't is there just two? It.
1: Well, there's also a Battlefleet Gothic Armada like video game now, so like every oh, major, oh, which actually looks amazing, and I can talk about it because it's not not the game we can't talk about. That's true.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, it's, yes, it's supposed to hit the stores oh, Friday, the and that's gonna soak up a couple hundred bucksies. you have already announced wave two, huh? <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, they, they showed it
1: off at the uh the conference in uh Vegas or whatever. They have the mm-hmm. like even bigger star destroyer. It looks yeah, like. the like the actual Imperial star destroyers, yeah. like the big. And then it's got the one
3: ones. with the heroes. And you can see the Mon Cal cruisers, That's like sweet, all the, really? fra- the
1: freighters yeah. and stuff. Like the slave. Wait, they have a, they have like an actual Millennium Falcon. Like there's one. There's going to be one pack where it's going to be That's a sweet. lot of the the freighter sized games, like the scum and villainy type characters. Various, various smugglers. Yeah, you got the outrider, the Falcon, the Slave One. Nice. So instead of just having generic like X-wing tokens, you'll actually be able to get like a wicked cool. Yeah, there's going to be one pack that'll have like these these crazy characters, and it looks like they'll be for all factions, all in one pack. because otherwise, you couldn't really justify parting them out separately when they'd
0: be like
3: that tall. So so
0: Dan, serious question time are you going to find a way to magnetize the Millennium Falcon to the side of one of the Star Destroyers? Well, oh, I'm hell not, yes! I'm not looking at buying any Armada stuff, so I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> but if you were, is that
1: something you would do? I would also have a lot It'd of garbage to. on the table.
0: When
1: it <laughs> yes, whenever your Star Destroyers go to disengage to the battlefield, they have to dump their garbage as a standard Imperial <laughs> policy.
0: Just pollute the shit out of space, like shipping Hey, lanes. space is
1: really damn big, it's
0: fine. <laughs> Well, no, actually, it'd be a great special rule. You take, you move the ship off the board and you put a bunch of debris tokens. Animal and Animal <laughs> <laughs> and <a millennium> falcon.
2: <laughs> I be- can <could> only <laughs> hope that's a rule. Be- because of that release, too, a lot of people are now speculating what the next coming villainy wave is going to be. Yeah, there's a lot of people where they saw stuff like the Hound's
1: Tooth, the Punishing One, some other, like, names. Don't shits. know what the hell those are. Uh, those are like bounty hunter ships, but who flies? Houndstooth is Bosk, and I think Punishing One was might have been. Oh, Dengar. I remember Dengar, Bosk. Yeah. Bosk was the uh, reptile guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the Gorn. Yeah, the Gorn, that's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Den- Gorn, it's all the same. Den- Denger is the one with the uh, head wrappings and such. So.
1: Yeah, he just looked just shitty and mopey, and I loved him for it. <laughs> he's kind of stood there looking all sad <laughs> and beat up. Was, was he the guy that gets eaten by the 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 uh, uh, Rancor? No. No. The fat guy that has head wrapping? He was just one of the guys standing on the bridge. Like, he kind of had, like, silver... He had, like, silver armor and, like, white wrappings and, like, a head wrapping and a giant rifle. I love the obscurity that we're now entering with (laughs) X-Wing. It's just, like... The guy had had 30 seconds of screen time, not even. I guess it is Boba Fett, too. (laughs) Probably a
2: good 10 seconds. (laughs) At
1: least Boba Fett says some shit. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, so those true. guys are coming out for Armada also. So in Mike, we totally hijacked. Summer. You're doing Armada, and you're going to have a ton of money spent on Armada. We all got excited about that.
3: Yeah, we did, and some Infinity probably about another hundred bucks of that. Uh, yeah, because we didn't
2: do that. So uh, I am also jumping on the Infinity bag bandwagon. Yeah, I, I, I'm picking up uh,
1: Nomads.
0: Everyone can play Nomads. Yeah, that's
3: going that to The same
0: <laughs> colors. Can you just not? <laughs> can we? Right now, as a podcast, never refer to it as Infinity again. If you're all playing Nomads, you're just so, playing Mass Effect. We're not Effect. All we're all playing,
2: playing, playing Oceania. Yeah, so it'll be okay.
0: So to you to two Infinity. only get to refer to it as Mass Effect: The Miniature Game.
2: <laughs> I'm good with that. Right. <laughs> Sounds okay to me. So, but I'm ordering bases from uh, Micro Art Studios, so they get my money, not the actual company that makes Mass Effect think, Board Game. I think Mass Effect <laughs> I think
1: the manufacturer will get some of that because it is officially licensed.
2: Yeah, that is, is true, too. yeah. Yeah, they yeah. do actually license so properly. With proper so. sizes, right? Yeah. So Because they're doing the 55 mil bases, which is really weird. the bases right. are actually re- Is it any more weird than 32 mil bases, just to fuck well, with Well, no. Which don't we've don't now seen custom mil. bases coming out in the 32s.
1: Yeah, Secret Weapon we is it. unloading a shitload of them. Really? Uh, side note as well, uh, some of, one of the coolest things I saw that I forgot to mention on one of our other podcasts is with the 32 mil bases, there's actually a company, I think it's, what's his name, Mr. Dandy? Uh, I think it was his name actually, like that's his name of his company. Uh, he was a vendor at L.
2: You should research this. I don't think
1: so. He has thirty-two mil base insert. they like not inserts, but like excerpts. Yeah, it's like a clip-on base to expand twenty-five mil bases to thirty-two. Yeah. I think there was a Kickstarter for that as well. Maybe it may have been a different company. Weird. But there's a few words like a ring that just War made, Gamma. You and the guy's on name it, on yeah. the boards is Mr. Dandy. Okay, War Gamma. And, yeah, you, you put your model in there, so if you have, like, really cool custom bases you've already done, you can kind of, like, maybe mold them in with some
2: dirt around the edges, that kind of thing. Save yourself some some dollars. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so. And then, like Mike was saying, also uh, Armada probably oh, will probably make its way to my hands and such. Maybe. More pre-painted figures. This is good. Something to put in your display cabinet. That's true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, man. I w-
0: Invisible Frodo. That's, uh, that's his oh, bread and butter yeah. right there you, yeah, you Frodo, ever get your Proto
1: with the ring and his cloaked Romulans? We'll we'll go with that.
0: that I was, was going to say, if you ever get
1: your uh, your Predator resin model in the distant future when Kickstarter ships it? Yeah, you can put that towards. There yeah. was another. There was another update on those that those are inching towards final approvals. So I think, I think it was something along along the lines of all the miniatures and packaging and possibly the rules, but it's just getting like all the publications. Yeah, it's slightly closer to maybe someday shipping cool yay i think they were ship or i think they were aiming to have some like starter set like demo game type materials ready for some of the conventions coming up this spring so hopefully as we see some of those like uh, big european conventions coming the next little while we'll see some coverage and uh all that sort of stuff that would make <coughs> me happy for all those dollars i spent many years ago
3: yeah
0: maybe coming to fruition. So it almost feels like free stuff arriving at
1: this point. Yeah, it's like that's the one funny thing about
2: Kickstarter. When things take, like, several years to show up, it's like freaking Christmas. That's how I felt. In with, theory. That's, that's <laughs> how I felt when my uh, Hadros showed up, like, two weeks ago. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot how much stuff I actually bought. This is awesome. More
0: models to never paint.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so mean.
1: So, so mean. Uh, okay. So, my Shut Up and Take Your Money... Uh, take my money I'd love someone to take someone else's money and I get the product but that's not how it works <laughs> nope um, is going to be the resin bases from Infinity as well thank god I don't need many because micro art's expensive and I'm going to be picking up I think maybe two iguanas I think is what I'm going to go with for okay. their tags mm, good choice I like the iguana I really don't like the uh, Salon yeah don't I'm like getting the, the Jotum. Jotum? that was I know exactly what you're talking about that's a cool one too I have no idea if they're good. I like them all.
2: Which bases <laughs> are you buying? What's oh, good? The same
1: ones you're buying. Yeah. They're the, like the ruined uh, the city streets Urban with like, the streets. hex pattern. Yeah. They're kind of like blowing up some of them. Yep. And they look fucking awesome. <laughs> I actually really like them. They look, they look good. Yeah, they do look like pretty nice bases. I think uh, All Star had some of them in stock. I and we them. Yeah. Before we <laughs> <Ford laughs> bought he them. Yeah. But uh, oh, he. I thought
2: you said they didn't have any in stock. Well, after not he after he bought them. Bought them. I didn't have any at all. No, they have some now, but not of that type, so I... Yeah. You bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was only one pack. It's five bases, so... Oh, that's... Yeah, not enough. Yeah. Well, close, but not quite. I'm ordering more in, so... Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to
1: get some uh, uh, the little infantry guys as well, but I don't really actually want to paint any more of those. I just want to paint the cool stuff that (laughs) I like. I don't like painting rank and file. I have other games that... Require rank-and-file.
3: Oh, come on, Steve. Rank-and-file this is like five models.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. i still rather paint individual characters than doing rank-and-file because I, I have that in spades in other games. Gotcha. Rank-and-file clowns. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, that's yeah, talking... I was dangerously close to talking about the game that should not be made. Like, <laughs> that's going to suck to paint rank-and-file.
3: Right? Hey? Yeah. Hey, you're talking about it. <laughs> <Everybody>, anybody <laughs> that can
0: pick up that obscure... Well, it's not that obscure for <laughs> this audience, probably. They know exactly what I mean. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure like I mean, a random on the street listening to this would have no idea what's going on, but anyone at this point <laughs> would be confident that they would know what exactly yeah, you're exactly. talking yeah. about. Steve so, talking about
1: clowns, it's pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> Dan. So that was it. Um, yep. Well, in a bit of a shocking development, there is a miniatures case that I'm thinking about buying that's not foam. <gasps> we talked about this at dinner. Yeah, the Games Workshop new channel foam cases actually seem pretty cool because I have after moving, I have so much random crap lying around, like like a handful of like Wood Elf treekin and a dragon and a bunch of like Chaos infantry that are really yep. big and awkward and and, you and you don't so want to many ring for a battle foam custom case that carries treatment and other things
0: that make no (laughs) sense
1: yeah so having one of these like super flexible like it's not like modular or anything but just the way it's the way it's shaped with those channels of foam like you can you can stick a rhino in there and it just pushes the foam out of the way you can put infantry in there like they actually seem like a pretty interesting case yeah for if you have all kinds of random odds and ends lying around and the fact that like it seems like for every increment upwards it seems to about double the storage space in their video, they show uh, the guy unpacks like a massive guard army with some like super heavies and a knight and like yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff. But uh, <laughs> the, the thing that surprised me though is that it's, it's in like super fast motion, so you can't actually see how they're all packed.
0: That's what I'm the most
2: curious yeah. about because I want to get my how hands on it. How do they
1: fit that rather large figure that I can't talk about?
2: <laughs> well, Dan, we were talking about doing a uh, field trip to our local GW when they're in. And, on location uh, reporting. Yes. From yep. lobby Night in Canada. Investigatory journalism. <laughs> well, we could do it,
0: because honestly, we just take a video on our phone, and it'll be shitty quality, but it'll we be do it. It'll be shaking. It'll be like, <laughs> what was that shitty movie
1: where the monster and... War New- Witch?
0: Or is oh, no, we're we're like Cloverfield? Clo-
1: it'll be like Cloverfield, but with GW cases.
2: It'll be perfect. <laughs> 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 them, them falling on my head as I try to pull them off the top of the shelf yep. Are yeah. screaming awesome. and running Like the, the rest of us are laughing paths. at Ward
0: as we're just like right there we could grab it for him but we just don't <laughs> kick the stool out from under him it's funny you say that that's actually going to be what mine was just because with the new Malifa models that are out mm-hmm. the size di- disparity and they have really crazy Dynamic poses where your conventional foam trays, I don't think you're gonna get the same amount of storage capacity out of them because you have to really modify the foam a lot to get the models in there, yeah, well that's and the thing that
1: I like about this is I can buy one case and use it for multiple armies, yeah, like the fact and that looks. you the fact that you don't have to cut the trays to fit anything, you just kind of squish the tray foam over to the side and it'll accommodate larger models like because Steve and I and a bunch of other people that have the old g w cases or even some of the battle foam cases like We've taken exacto knives to our foam so many times, like, it's in tatters for some of those old cases. Oh, yeah, I need to get a case so for You have cases where the sets of foam that come with them are completely useless, because yep. you cut them up for armies that you played with, like, five years ago, and doesn't really work anymore. Well, I was actually looking at throwing out my existing GW cases, because they're just uh, completely useless. Like, they barely, they barely work for the armies they were meant for. Like, uh... My scaven case was perfectly all nicely cut out, and then I decided to use it for something else, and now it's completely trashed. And it's like I can't really use it without just like foam exploding everywhere when I open it. It's just a pain in the ass. So yeah. This would be this would be phenomenal.
0: And the other thing is that the price point on
1: these cases are pretty reasonable. Yeah, because yeah, even the super huge one is 148 Canadian. Where a fairly small battle foam bag with a custom loadout is very quickly in that like 130 and up US plus shipping territory. Yeah. So just, like, the, for the price point and the modularity, just for, like, having some case that... I don't know if he'll ever leave the house until I move again, but just something to get all that random stuff off of my TV stand, off of my dresser, yeah. and somewhere where it's actually put away and protected. Because so every time I walk around my room with the house coat, I end up knocking the same chaos sorcerer
0: over, and one of these days, he's not going to end well for him. <laughs> and I think one of the other uses for this, too, is if you are the kind of guy that does paint models at a friend's place, a case like this where the foam is so yeah. malleable and yeah. you can use it for so many different shapes and sizes of models would be great. So I mean just have a sweet poker case
1: like Mike's with nice uh, eggshell foam for the time. But even
0: costs. then, that's limited to certain size models. You get that yep. skirmish size one, and presumably you could still fit tanks in there.
1: Yeah, it looks like yeah, it. Yeah. It's, I think the example that they used on the website was like or in the little video, it was like a couple of rhinos and like twenty or thirty marines in there. So what I want to know is, their mid size one is it carry on size?
3: Yeah, that's important I think too because a lot that's, of the battle foam is carry on. That's stuff, really interesting because the, the web- pack errors, yeah. yeah
1: yeah. The website didn't specifically list the dimensions of the new no, trays. They don't, which is upsetting because yeah. I was like, I was actually about to order like I have on my phone. I was going through today trying to figure out whether or not I was going to buy a battle foam one, and then I saw yeah. that and was like.
2: Well, if you do decide you need
1: battle foam, I need one
0: more custom tray, and I don't want to pay shipping for one tray. Also, let me know, (laughs) because I need to get some battle foam. So, on the topic of how great these cases are, we're all still planning battle foam orders. (laughs) Well,
1: because I have, like, five battle foam bags, so I can't completely get out of that ecosystem, but... uh, I wouldn't be buying battle foam if this works for my stuff. This would be my case.
0: Well, what I'm a little worried about is I don't think... I can't imagine that this foam is going to hold models as safely as battle foam would. Like, yeah. I think it does
1: fit into the happy medium territory where it's it's better than those super generic foam trays that never fit anything perfectly, and it's not going to be as perfect as having the like custom super top. expensive custom that exactly fits exactly what you want to put in there. But yeah, for, for versatility's sake, I think it's going to be great. And if I'm not doing a lot of moving with it, if it's more for storage, I'm not too worried about it. Well, that. yeah, let's we'll be honest.
3: It's going to be really good for generic stuff, but anything that's really spiky or delicate or fragile, you're probably better off going with the Battle Foam ones, honestly. Oh, for <laughs> sure.
1: Especially because you just got to pull that foam out of the way, but, like, most of my stuff is all plastic. <laughs> we were actually talking, it'll be the official uh, Hobby Night of Canada uh, foam because you have to pull it apart. It's basically, it's Goatsy Foam. <laughs> it's Goatsy Foam. <laughs> oh. They really should have, like, a hand model in one of the photos prying open the channel foam. <laughs> no, the better yet.
0: awesome. Better yet, they do, like, a Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy with one. With a gold ring on one finger. They do a Warhammer Fantasy one, and it's just pulling apart the twin-tailed Comet.
1: Ah, uh, Tom. <laughs>
0: that was over the line.
1: That was the comment out of all this whole garbage comments. Oh, come on.
0: That was over the line. Um, um, yeah, my only beef with it that's making me a little bit cautious is that compared to battle foam cases, it has zero additional storage. If you yeah, it doesn't have all the pouches
1: and molly straps or whatever you call them on the side to huh. clip on all the extra stuff, but... Again, for myself, for it, as a storage case, I have zero concerns. And like I said, I have like five or six Battle phone Get Bags. I don't even know how many I have.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: <laughs> I hate you. Do you a spare pack air? <laughs> no, pack air is not one I have. I think I've got a seven twenty, three four three twos, and a two sixteen. And those either. are the ones I can remember. It's because <laughs> I sold you the two sixteen. That's true. Mm-hmm. I need a I need a pack air.
0: Anyways, yeah. yeah so so um, oh, that was yours too. Yeah, that's why we took so long talking about it because it's. Definitely
1: something that I'm really interested in, in checking yeah, out and am buying. I'm super stoked. I want to see these things in person, partially just to see how freaking big they are, because it looks yeah. like you can just fit, like, I'm, infinite end space storage inside it. So I'm pissed they did not put the dimensions online, yeah. because that was that's why I haven't... I'm still debating. Yeah, them in them. terms of carry-on luggage, that is good, good stuff to know. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, we'll know more on Saturday. Is which it this is, Saturday? I think so, because I went up for pre-order last week. Oh, so when this episode airs, you should be able to get your zigzag foam. gozi foam. gozi foam.
0: gozi foam.
1: It <laughs> <Goatzy foam. laughs> is trademark.
0: Oh, uh, wow. So good. Okay, so... Keeping it classy. Yeah, on the topic of keeping it classy, we went... Mike and I went down to Provocon. Uh, would have been two weeks ago from yep. when this airs. Uh, and we basically... That was for John Wong. It was his birthday, and he, every year he has... Uh,
3: like sort a mini- like can- Mike Fest, but on John's birthday instead.
0: Yeah, so we'll, we'll, yeah, but we'll it, preface this with John Wong,
1: uh, we'll tell you a little bit about his life. He owns a, or he runs a hotel, so that he has
0: access to a large amount of space. Well, actually, it wasn't at the hotel. No way, really? Yeah, we stayed at the hotel, but his parents recently renovated their oh. big farmhouse. Oh, And really? so the main floor housed what was it, six, six by fours, plus an additional yep. plus very long, long table, for board, table games. for board games and role-playing games. Oh, no way, that's cool. So we had it set up. There was a 40K board, a fantasy board, a dystopian board, a Farce from Armada board, a Malfa board, and two War Machine boards. So it was, And it was just
1: basically pick-up games all weekend.
0: Pick-up yeah, games pick up all games weekend. Whatever you wanted. Tons of food, nice. tons of booze. It was a lot of fun. And of it was kind of, for me, everything I love about tournaments, because I've... The reason that I really got into tournament play wasn't actually the tournament games. Socializing. It was the socializing around it. That makes sense. And, you know, getting to play games with people that are not necessarily from the same city as you. And it's an excuse to go on a road trip with friends, hang out, uh, drink beer, that kind of thing. And what ended up happening is this weekend uh, encapsulated all of the things I loved without any of the time crunch or pressure or stress of playing in a tournament. I like that. Like Mike was saying earlier, if you didn't feel like playing a game... You didn't play a game. You took a two-hour break and got back the into it later. With yeah. yeah,
3: that's it. Or you hadn't played a game before. Hey, what's this? Can you show me how to play it? All right. There was
0: a lot of demo games being run that weekend. Uh, I know I didn't run any demos myself, but I did help out Nathan uh, from Jada GamerCast. Uh, helped him with playing a few War Machine games because it was his like second and third game ever. Oh, nice. So, cool. uh, so that was really good. Uh, and the nice thing too is there's a lot of guys there were playing fully painted as well. Of course. So so it was
1: basically a tournament
0: without the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of weird. I
1: like that. I I think that's a nice thing to have in uh, sort of our tournament ecosystem yep. as a nice uh, event that you can go to get some games in, have some fun, but it's completely different from the usual.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. it's almost at the point where like, obviously, he has his ProvoCon, but this kind of a format of just make a place where there is all the facilities necessary to, like, play a lot of games, get a bunch of people in one room, maybe not something like renting out a community hall or Dinwood or something like that that we normally do. We're trying to establish something like this happening every once in a while in Edmonton. Probably, great. Like, just having a nope. big, casual, open gaming environment. Yep. Yeah. It was
3: fun. And like uh, I said, it wasn't just all tabletop. It was board games, too. There was Zombicide going on. We played um, Boss Monster. Was that a card? And Cards got, Against
0: Humanity was Cards. Games? Yeah. It, uh, it
3: was just anything, man. People was, played it was D&D.
0: Fun, fun, geeky shit. It was, it was great. And uh, I will definitely be going back again. Yeah, you've kind of sold me on it.
3: <laughs> Unless John doesn't like you and doesn't invite you. Anymore.
0: Right, there's that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the so critical kind factor of here important. is that you have to be invited by John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it was at his farmhouse. Uh, and we're talking about it like it's it's
1: ProvoCon, like it's this huge thing. But it is a kind of an intimate, more... Uh, ooh, it's yeah. his In- birthday! How intimate, <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Super intimate. intimate. It's his it's his birthday, man.
2: When the lights it's go
0: out. It's well, good. I dig it to share a room with Frodo, so that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um very yeah. feet... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh man! But it was great. I got to play four games of War Machine. I played my one game of Warhammer Fantasy for the next year. Got that out of my system.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree with that statement. I'm just going to go off on a tangent here. But the end time stuff. Well, that's been a really cool background. Uh, the army lists are are not
0: cool <laughs> well, no, it's not even that it's not that the models are necessarily OP it's that they're introducing new rules and it's kind of like Skaven were at the end of sixth edition or I've only been following With it like the combined like, profile monsters Versus regular profile
1: monsters Yeah there's some weird discrepancies Well there's not only that but they, I mean the, the whole thing I've, I've barely been following it So correct me if I'm wrong But the unlimited power dice stuff Is a
0: little bit That, that was optional We didn't play with that kind of stuff Oh that's good That's good Because I can imagine Some armies getting really good with that Yeah but <laughs> At the same time You throw out a bunch of power dice And then you miscast And bad shit happens Yeah true like my first Like what happened to you? <laughs> yeah, well, in proper orc fashion, the first spell of the game, I miscast and blew up my great shaman. So yeah, that's not the game's fault. <laughs> in a way, it is.
1: It no, allows for it's it. supposed to. It's supposed to <laughs> punish you for gambling too much. I rolled four dice. That's you being bad at dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one time Tom, Tom rolled sixes, it's
0: for miscasts. Yep, but there so. was actually a little. I
1: understand why you like Malipo. <clears> is because there's no dice.
0: Well, and you can <laughs> mini- well. It's why I like War Machine and Malifaux so much is there are ways to mitigate the dice. You can modify your dice rolls in different ways, and you're yeah. not relying on one DC. How you modify it though in GW game systems? Just roll more, roll more dice. Yeah, which <laughs> doesn't work for <laughs> casting spells. Yes, I agree. Actually, entirely. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Mike, what was your Provocon experience?
3: Like? Mine, mine was like I said; it was I, I took it pretty easy. I didn't go too crazy. I, I played a game of Planetfall against John. Uh, he uh, schooled me in the ways of of how things are done. So, <laughs> I lost that one. But then we went to Dystopian after that and played him again, and I got to school him a little bit with my Japanese versus his was uh, his Roshly, which actually is pretty nasty. Oh my God, they're nasty. But uh, yeah, had a good time there. Then I played some boss monster and some zombicide and a lot of bullshitting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and they they fed us yeah. royally.
3: Yeah, Lots there of was food. so much food. Pizza, spaghetti, breakfast each morning there too. Yeah, it was wow. it was really good. Blue. I love it how we're advertising
1: to
0: an, for an invite-only <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: This is really well thought out. Become fr- if you see John Wong at a tournament, go be his friend.
1: Yeah, you get to go to a cool event, maybe if
3: he thinks you're cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and don't be a douche.
3: <laughs> uh, anything else from Provocon, Mike? No, that was it for me. That was just a relaxing, drinking lots, yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay, so our main topic for today is realistically... Uh, Four of us are ex Games games Workshop employees So we got the big spiel when we were working there as to how to run a proper demo game And I've actually been talking to a few people in the last little while Where they've had some issues with finding the the proper balance For running either a demo game or an intro game Or even trying to get friends in the hobby You always kind of hear about this uh, I had a friend that was kind of interested Ran him through a game And they just kind of rage quit Yep so yeah, we about it's just finding that balance and getting into games so what we're going to talk about today is some tips and tricks for running the best possible intro game and demo game that will result in someone that wants to continue playing the games that makes sense to me so so the first thing you should do is make sure you totally crush
1: them and don't tell them what's going on absolutely yes. don't tell them about rules until you use them to crush them
0: exactly yeah. 100% <laughs> also take your hardest possible list and give them arguably the shittiest possible list. Yeah,
1: I'll take Whisper and Suinterfell, and you can have some Z95s. This will be totally fair. So sarcasm aside, one of the things you want to do is actually set up fair and balanced army lists, which in some cases are not the starter set contents. I would argue in many cases yeah, are not starter Because I still contents. remember the classic 10 space marines and a land speeder versus some dark elder warriors that have like no way of doing any damage to anything. 20, 20 warriors, <laughs> that was it. Winter so. cannons and vehicles? How? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, how are they supposed to kill that uh, that vehicle? It's going to get interesting. Another really bad one was the 7th edition fantasy starter set that had a billion goblins and like 15 dwarves. Oh, yeah. yeah. I ran so many demo games of that where you just take half of the goblins off the table. But it had the Bondage
1: Slayer. Oh, it did. That's right. I forgot about him. Guy that's all tied up. And the one troll.
2: (laughs) Yes, the one troll. Yeah, I forgot about that
1: too. Unit size is one plus, if I'm not mistaken. So, totally legitimate. You are not mistaken. It's still (laughs) fucking ridiculous. Yeah, kind of useless. So, yeah, you want to make sure you set up a reasonable game that's, that's going to sort of give a good intro to the actual mechanics. So that means nothing over-the-top crazy. You don't want to go uh, heavy on a faction that's going to have a million special rules. You sort of want to take the, I would say, like sort of the, the, the paragon of each sort of playstyle. So I can't talk about the game that I know the best, so I'm going to pass this off on to someone else. What, what would you take, take
0: as your starter way. sort of armies? Oh. you know you could just that's not talk about forty k. We could talk about any other games,
1: yeah, yeah <sighs> no. we could
0: do that so I, I, the only reason with that
2: is because it's the one I know the best, and I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Well, Tom, when you were showing Nathan how to play war machine? Well, at this point he'd already had his army, but what so this
0: was kind of game two and three, okay. so this was an intro game. We can talk about that afterwards, but what I normally do when I'm running people in uh, Malfo is I will take small crews, simple crews, and... Terry me- Crews? <clears throat> yeah. Crib, down. Oh, oh, man. Muscles. Awesome. Muscles. <laughs> 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 muscles. <music>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and basically, that. my objective is to take models that are going to teach the core mechanics and find something that makes the game unique. And this works especially well for people that already play miniature games. Is you want to find something that can sell them on the game that is different from something else. So, like with Malifaux, one of the big deals is the card mechanic and dropping scheme counters and the scheme markers. These are two mechanics you don't really find in any other game. Yeah,
2: no, uh, that's very true. So
0: With War Machine, it's kind of like the caster kill, right? Like if one model dies, game over. Yeah. So you really want to emphasize that. And the other thing too is that you well while, while not pandering or playing down to them like put on your bo- put on your practice gloves do not go overboard with trying to just throw every combo down their face yeah that makes sense to me and the other thing that I found works out really well is if you make a mistake ham it up a bit that you like or like ham up making a mistake so like oh I forgot to do that instead of just Making it seem... Well, that phone is really distracting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely. Uh, but the real thing is, keep them engaged, give them a narrative. Let's. I'm going to go there. Forge narrative. an aggressive narrative. Forge the aggressive narrative. But I remember Games Workshop used to have the four rules for running a proper demo game. And just, Ward...
2: It was just the four Fs. Yeah, the four Fs. Yeah. Fast, fun, furious, and if you can't remember what to roll, it was four. <laughs> <laughs> so it
0: works for any of the Games Workshop-centric games, where the rule of... Of four, is just four plus. Yeah. Armor saves to hits, doesn't matter. It's a four plus because the process of rolling the
1: dice.
2: you know what's
0: not fun? Looking things up in a rule book.
3: That, so that's, you should
0: never do that
1: in an
2: intro game. That's the one thing that you don't want to do in an intro game. You just want to keep the pace going really, really quickly. Uh, another big thing is starting the factions a little bit closer than normal. Uh, and that's this. Yeah. To get so you're
1: getting you're rolling dice. Shit
2: is happening on first turn. Right away. Right. So that way their interest is captured right away. You've got them interested, and things are going on, and you guys are working through that. So yep. the rule book I would avoid. Like Steve also said, make it like a little bit simple. Keep. Uh, basics involved. You don't need to go into like Skip the special phases. rules of Grey Knights necessarily or anything Skip like that. Skip the magic yeah, phase. Yeah, like magic phase, psychic phase,
1: if they're not integral to the game, like unless the person really, really, really is like super stoked on one army in particular that is very A game, heavy. You want to play more often than not, yeah, you want to stick to the basics. The moving, the shooting, the close combat phases, that, Take
0: power attacks out of yeah. War Machine. Yep. Um yeah. you can even take feats and spells out for the first game. And just have it be straight stats.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, something to keep it simple so that they can digest the rules that are presented rather than be overwhelmed by all kinds of crap that they don't understand yet.
0: And the other thing, too, is don't really force the idea that you're leaving a bunch of stuff out. Just play the game. Focus on playing the game and having fun and you can introduce more things later cuz if they want to come back for more that's when you can start introducing all the extra bits yeah
2: and that, that when I, when we worked at GW the big thing that i found is like yeah you might run a demo game for like like four guys around the table or whatever and then they'll like walk away and they'll be disinterested but that one guy will come back later on <laughs> one of the four yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like well that was actually pretty cool what else can you tell me about this
1: well yeah Now, obviously, you're probably not going to try and sell people on the game quite so heavily. It's probably a friend that you're going to be playing with or somebody that you're trying to get hooked on this terrible plastic crack. Unless you're Mike, in which case you just want them immediately and irreparably addicted from day one.
3: Woo,
2: woo, woo!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mike the pusher. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, man, Um, the first
3: shit is free. I've always said that. One
1: (laughs) One of the things that's really a smart thing to do, in my opinion, is you want a close game, but they should probably win. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, they need to win.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have mixed opinions on that, like throw in the game to let them win, but if you want somebody to play a game, they need to
0: have a positive experience first. There have been so few... I could probably count the number of times I've won an intro or demo game on one hand, and it's only been when every single thing you've done you cannot roll below a 6 on (laughs) like a, a single D6 or... Yeah. Like, you're always flipping the face oh, yeah. cards, and, and it just, just it happens At every once in a while. Time,
1: you're like, well, I my high elf warriors need great swords, need sixes to hit your goblins, because sure. And you're just trying to like make yourself lose, and you're still rolling those sixes and killing everything in sight, and it just doesn't make any sense.
2: It could be bad news. Uh, that case, I've d- I've had that before too, where it's just like, oh yeah, I'm 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 just. Rolling too damn good. I should go buy my lotto ticket today. And you should unfortunately <laughs> and not... stop doing demos at that point. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah,
0: and and then maybe find something else to talk about for a bit, and then come back to the game in a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So realistically,
2: I guess this is not necessarily the longest topic on the planet. the The other thing that I would suggest too is have two painted forces. Yes. Oh God. I was yes. say,
3: You know what. The prettier your forces are, the more you're going to draw them in. They may not... Of course, anybody that starts the game is not going to be able to get to that quality, but you know what? It makes a huge difference if you've got two beautiful sets and yeah. you're playing with them. First impressions matter. Yeah. There's, a,
1: there's a reason why you know the demo tables at GW were always fully painted models on boards with decent terrain. Like yeah. It gives you a good first impression. It helps you get immersed a little bit more. It does. Get into that narrative or that environment. It's it's so, it's so important.
3: Paint. Don't don't play with primer black.
1: Yeah, or demo. just the bare plastic, don't do bare it. metal. It just does not have the same impact. Unless the guy's
3: already sold, and you're just showing him how to play the game at that point. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. If they just bought a starter set and you're running them their first game. Yeah. But that's kind of a little bit different from. Yeah. hey Buddy, you seem interested in these games. Come check this out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of all the points for this. but yeah, I think, no, the, but I think too,
3: the painted is really one of the bigger. Oh, I would it's, got, completely it's got to be, agree. look good, yeah. right?
0: But uh,
1: one of the other things I was just going to mention too is um, I think one of the important things to keep in mind when you're running somebody through an intro game is you definitely need to coach them along a little bit. If they have no familiarity with the game, with the rules, how things work, nope. they're, occasionally they're just going to do random stuff because they don't know any better. But like, if you can coach them, just be like, okay, in this situation, here are your options. This one would probably be good, but it's totally up to you. Like, You can explain what's going on, explain what they're going to be good or bad at. Like, oh, you maybe don't want to shoot your grenade launcher at the Rhino because you only have, like, you know, whatever. It's not high enough strength. Like, Mm -hmm. just let them know what they're doing. Help them make good choices so that, again, they have a better chance of earning their own victory rather than have it be handed to them sort of a thing.
0: I think that's a really good point, especially when you're giving them options. Explain the pros and cons, uh, but let it fundamentally be their choice. Absolutely. Because every once in a while, if it feels like you're just playing for both of them, it's no fun.
1: Yeah, like, and, I mean, uh, to use a specific example, I was playing against uh, Brett, that's, um, oh, shoot, Dale's brother. Yep. And uh, so he was playing, and it was his first game using, um, using his Rebels, so he had the Outrider, and towards the end of the game, when, you know, things were getting a little bit uh, towards the end game there, I gave him a couple of ideas for specific moves where it's like, oh, you move first, um, so you have a chance if you move here, and then barrel roll. You can block my ship so that I don't get to, you know, get the kill shot off on you. And then you can just, for at least a couple turns, potentially just have like a one-on-one fight between the other guys. So giving him some advice like that, I think, where, again, you're you're not necessarily throwing the game or anything like that. You're just like, oh, hey, this
0: is something you maybe hadn't thought of yet. Here's an idea for next time. Okay, so finally, I'm guessing third time's the charm, this is when we can actually summarize this topic. (laughs) So so starting off, you've got to make it fun and interesting and really forge that narrative for the players. Um, The second thing is keep it simple. You don't want to overcomplicate the different rules that they have and make it more about the semantics and minutiae of all the little tiny interactions than just learning your core mechanics. Yeah, it's about the basics. Yeah. Um, the third one is make it pretty I think is a really important one like Mike was saying paint the models I like that. if you can have a good looking board especially something that's not just here's a grove of trees here's a random ruin like maybe if the board can have some kind of a theme behind it so what you're saying is you should never play an intro game of War Machine no, you can play War Machine with nice scenery. Just don't play a steamroller scenario for the first game ever. I think that is easily encompassed by point number two. Okay, for your first game ever, this is
1: what a kill box is.
0: <laughs> Death clock engage.
1: <laughs> oh, you don't know what you're doing? Fuck you, you lose.
0: <laughs> Control points win. Uh, no, so you really want to make it an interesting looking board. Um, as Dan was saying, I guess point number four is when you are going through the rules and their options and what they can do, you want to give them advice and explanation for what's potentially the good and bad choices, but fundamentally leave it up to them, because you want them to feel like they're playing the game and not just being the person... That's standing there while you're playing with
1: yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you never want that. You never hey, want to be that way. You need to class it up again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> you were
2: losing
0: it before you
2: even said it. Well, yeah. It's, <laughs> my favorite part
0: is you saw it coming and didn't yeah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw it coming from way too far away. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. <laughs> okay, so have I missed any other points? I do want to say the 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 GW uh, fast,
1: fun, furious, and fours is actually really good if if you are trying to do an intro game. Don't look up anything in a rule book. Yeah, yeah that's the minutia point you were talking about. But that's Absolutely. the biggest one to me. Yeah, charts, charts, and figures, and column shifts and stuff like that. That's yeah. that's not fast and fun and furious. Yeah, but. if you're like, well, your character's has a ballistic skill of four, and you need to know what you need to hit by subtracting seven. From your ballistic skill from 7, people are like, I don't care anymore, and I've lost. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, Not here's important. what you need, there's a whole book that tells you where these numbers are You'll coming figure it from, out later. let's just keep playing, worry yep. about that later.
0: Exactly, and then the other thing too is don't force this on someone. I guess this is kind of the wrap up for it, is if just because you want to play the game with them, doesn't mean they want to play the game with you.
3: Yeah. Hey Tom, want to play Infinity?
0: Fuck you. <laughs> so you want to make sure that, and if they're getting bored quick, just like, pull the. What is it? The escape. Oh, fuck. Pull, my the, pull the shoot. Ejector, ejector pull, seat.
1: You can pop the
0: ejector seat.
1: Oh, sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. I feel like we butchered mix. that one. Yeah. yeah. It, well, I, I did. <laughs> that Word was all smithing.
0: Me. Yeah, I'm going to take full blame for that one. <laughs> but,
1: uh. <laughs> no, you're right, though. If it is, if somebody's, like, gla- getting that glazed look in their eyes, they clearly don't give a shit anymore, just stop it. You're done. You're, done. you're probably not helping.
0: And if at all possible, have them win. Because even though fundamentally these games are about the experience, your first game ever is really sweet to win. Yep. And it gives you a little bit of that taste.
1: Yeah, you want to have positive
0: reinforcement. People can learn from their mistakes later. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of learning from mistakes, this ties in very nicely to our next segment. Oh, God. And my personal favorite, (laughs) Gutsy or Goatsy. Hooray! (laughs) So on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the choice... For me to play Warhammer Fantasy at Provocon. <laughs> Alright, do you guys think this was Gutsy or Goatsy?
2: Huh. Dan,
1: we'll, scoot, we'll go around the table. I'm always sarcastically optimistic, so I'm gonna say Gutsy. Uh, this is a pretty obvious one in my opinion.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go with Goatsy. Gutsy! Ooh, we're split, we're split down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow.
1: That's uh, also watch. one that I debated yeah. stopping
0: on and kept going. Yeah. I feel like anything to do with Goatsy, so you debate stopping and just keep going. Keep going. going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Unless it's in real life. You gotta really in dig case deep you want to, stop. to find what you... <laughs> okay, so you played a game of fantasy. I played a game of Triumph and Treachery, and so... It was, was it... You can give us a backstory Yeah, first? a little okay. bit of backstory. So it was the last game that I played on the Saturday... After drinking the entire day And my one beef With fantasy for the last little while Has been that For me, having played a lot more skirmish games lately Where every model counts a little bit more It feels like, oftentimes You set up a bunch of models They look great, you're like, this is gonna be awesome I love fantasy, it's amazing And then you spend the next two hours Just taking them off the board Yes Turns out that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so it was? Goatsy. Exactly. Yeah. But that being said, I did uh, get to play a game with some friends of mine that I don't have many compatible games with, and we're drinking beer and whiskey, and so it, it wasn't too bad, but I definitely um, would have It's not your
1: tournament game of choice anymore. Not anymore,
0: I don't think. Uh, maybe a hiatus. I'm curious to see. I think it's actually left me cautiously optimistic for some dramatic changes in ninth. Oh, for
1: sure. There's going to be dramatic changes because the the system is failing financially. It's their lowest seller. I think it's even lower than The Hobbit, which is shockingly sad. Well, The Hobbit miniatures are like $1,000 each, so you don't have to sell many. Yeah. That's very good. I I don't know the specifics of financials, but I think Fantasy and The Hobbit were not far off each other, so that's that's a scary thing. Um, And that's entirely because... The game system, with the the way the horde formations work and how powerful hordes are in that game, where you have to have basically, let's say, at least 30 models, usually more like 40 or 50. You're basically playing a game with a square block of tokens. The models in the back don't really matter. The individual characters, when you're painting them up, you're lavishing effort on them, and they don't matter. They don't interact on an individual level. Um... And it's the only game system I can think of that does that to that degree. In every army across the board, that's the way it works. And it's sad, because you have to paint up
3: 100 clan rats for an army. Or it works. Yeah. No, no, you have to do a minimum 120, and that's if you go high. Yeah. And you have, like, a lot of, oh, I know. A lot of high-end scaven. I yeah. know that sounds funny, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I know, if you're doing like, if you're doing like <laughs> well, well like Plague Monks, these are your elite troops or whatever, right? You're still painting up 35, 40 of them, Yeah, you know, and those are your 7 point a model Plague
3: Monks.
0: <laughs> so I guess for me it's, like I said, it really makes me cautiously optimistic for 9th edition. So I'm curious to see exactly where they're going to go with it. they got to do yep. something. The game needs a bit of a reset and it needs to scale down to the smaller point sizes so that the
1: individual characters and figures matter more. Because you kind of get lost in the shuffle. When there's that many models, yeah, you, you do kind of get lost. A lot of who them do end up irrelevant. M- who remembers Mordheim being a lot of fun? I Mordheim never was a Yeah, right? Like, that I used was to a jump off of buildings. It was great. Oh, oh, you yeah. can do it in Malfo.
2: You can do you a can lot know what? But I not, had an actually... unbeatable vampire that would just when jump I... up after you knocked him down and kill you. When uh,
3: Necromunda says. first came out, do you know how many people I suckered, I mean, got to play. To <laughs> how, how many games demos did you from run? playing that one? Oh, it was it was easy. There was at least six people. Yeah. on You know, the and line. Necromunda game,
0: is one of those games where there's so many people that I know that uh, either got into Games Workshop games because of Necromunda, or they played Necromunda because Necromunda was Necromunda yeah. and it was really fun. The games cool. had individuality. They had character.
1: They had the storyline, like the narrative we were talking about from demo games. When you have a gang that you track their stats, you track their injuries, you track their purchases. In a lot of ways, they it's get like better. A, it's it becomes so personal. It's like, like an MMO those, character. Yeah, those are very much your characters that yep. you're invested in. It's not just, you know, Empire State Troop number 74. It is, <laughs> you know, it's like Han. I like to call him Joe. Whatever. It's, yeah, he's like, he's specific. He has a backstory. He has a double left and kids leg, and, and he had a strength increase. And, like, you know, you get that, you get the personality. 100%. And yeah, that's totally what fantasy's missing right now is it's just too much.
3: And, but it's also the draw for stuff like Malfo, yeah. Infinity. Small model counts which are a lot more personal and yeah. you can you can find yourself attached it's to it.
1: It's also a better more. for the hobbyist, too, yeah, because you, you feel can
2: lavish that effort on a model. Yeah. You feel the loss of like a single guy in those games. You do, compared it's, to like Warhammer when you take off the back row. It's like yeah. But, you know, it's also not I didn't, not, I didn't hard. finish painting that back row, and I don't And, rest. you know, it's funny. <laughs> I was
0: running an intro game for Malifaux last weekend, and at one point I tried to kill the Ice Golem from Rasputina's crew. So for those of you who don't know Malifaux, just pretend you know what I'm talking about right now. I'm way ahead of you.
2: (laughs) I know what ice is, and I know what a golem is, so I have a good idea.
0: Yeah, it's basically that. And I I failed to kill it. Profound. And the person who I was running the intro for got so angry that she just ran everything full bore at me and beat the living piss out of me because she was really attached to this one ice golem that I tried to kill. It's like, how dare you kill that one model so you get a much more greater attachment to each...
3: It's personal, wow. almost, yeah. but but not personal in an offensive way, but in a, in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I got the living piss beat out of me. Which, again, <laughs> intro games, lose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like you were trying in that one, though.
0: Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, at one point, there was actually one point where I caught myself. I hadn't run an intro game in a long time, and I went to cheat in uh, severe for my damage and it would have basically just insta-give the model I'm like wait a second this not is a clear, bad bro. idea <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah not totally got you on that one no i think uh, i think fantasy is is suffering a huge have various problems. I don't think there's one particular problem with no. the game. I think there's a ton of them.
3: The price um, pricing for it, too because you need 40 models and they're charging maybe for 70 a, for 10
1: for a single unit. Yeah,
3: and, and that's someone's just still upset about which oh, oh hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all know that was that was the straw that broke my back.
1: It really was. Oh yeah, that was that was absolutely insane. Because you know if you only needed the one box and they were amazing, like circa fifth edition.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. Or even two. Sure.
3: Yeah, two you know. is
2: pushing it. Yeah. It's only 20 models. But yeah, I I couldn't agree more. But do you guys all agree that we're going to give ninth edition a shot? Wait, well...
3: I'm not giving up on it i got nothing yet, to lose but other than... I'm not I've already got painted
2: models. Someone's got to buy a
1: book here. We can chip in and tentatively see if it's okay. I still don't have a 7th edition book for 40k, so... I hope it's not me. <laughs> uh, your turn. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah your I true bought, true. Even I bought a seventh edition book. For I have 15. all the end times books. Then you got to complete your set. And I have to say, the game that I can't talk about it turned around. So I have hope for for them. It didn't turn around if you are a. Demon
3: Stop talking. Careful, Stop careful. talking. You're talking <laughs> about it, even though you're not <laughs> supposed to be talking about it.
0: But I'm saying they they know what
1: they're you're doing. Still it still sucks it. when you
0: play Iron Warriors because you can't play
1: Iron Warriors. The Fate Weaver list actually just wanted Adepticon, so demons are fine, apparently. Yeah. Um, no, my point is that that the game developers. Is that me saying the name right? Yeah. Uh, I know things about 40k. <laughs> <laughs> competitive nonetheless.
3: Is it a mono uh, or a multiple?
1: multiple? Uh, it was Zinch Nurgle. You had a little bit of Nurgle, mostly Zinch. 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 I love how fluffy some of the lists can be. Or feathery. We'll talk about some of the things that also were in the finals that are insane later after this, because I can't talk about it on the show. Um, (laughs) But no, my point is their games designers are not idiots. And anytime there's an addition changeover, there is a period of adjustment where like, oh shit, there's like 12 armies that don't have codexes that are specifically designed for the system yet. It does take a while. The first few books are going to seem different because they are. Like there is that period of the first six to 12 months where it takes a while to settle in. Fantasy, because we're all so heavily invested in it financially and everything, it's worth giving it a shot. But yeah, that's either way, that's a ways off. I want to play a game where I can take 10 Stormbermen, 20 Clan Rats, a Grey Seer, like have like a Thankwall kind of guy running down the sewers with his like little retinue of dudes, maybe a weapons team, and have a game. Right now, I can't do that. That's just Thankwall just decimating everybody else in that army. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm with you guys. I think it's it's there's only room for improvement cuz it's pretty bad.
0: And it's pretty stale.
1: Yep. I don't and know. They've been reinventing the same wheel cuz fundamentally the game hasn't the changed wheel? that much since 6th edition. Great model. That's my but the thing is the models are so good, everything is amazing. They've just been trying to expand it and
2: it's just that's where they're kind of stuck. Well, they were talking about yeah, making like bigger and bigger things uh like 40k and then uh i don't think it's panned out the way that they wanted it to so they're really cool models that a lot of people want to have but
1: yeah i don't know if having super heavies in every army or whatever their equivalents like having an a gash, having like an elemental incarnate or whatever you call them like having those big crazy shit in every single army doesn't necessarily make for a fun game either there's
2: again, they they've
1: well. got to find their sweet spot they got to find something like something to base the game around that makes it unique.
0: You just got to find what makes them special again yeah so predictions right now is a major change for ninth edition fantasy gutsy or goatsy
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna start it off i'm gonna say gutsy they they know that they need to make a change and we'll see if the changes that they make are beneficial I second that gutsy Yep. i'm yeah.
1: I, I am frankly like I, I do think the end times. Game mechanics-wise, it's a little bit crazy at times, but it's supposed to be. I think they showed a lot of thought. It is well done. There is a lot of polish on their more, more recent stuff. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt as well. Mike?
3: Yeah, see. We'll I, see, though.
0: I'm going to go against the grain, and I'm going to say Goatsy for one reason, one reason alone. The guys who are still playing Warhammer Fantasy are playing it because it is a large-scale battle battle game, and if that gets changed fundamentally,
2: they might lose some of those guys.
3: For me? How I'll many
2: excited. How many
0: fantasy
1: players
2: do you have? I have... Uh, 12 currently are signed up right now. How, how many of the other game that they make? <laughs> <laughs> right now there is 42 Warhammer 40k players. And it's funny, because was it last Onslaught or the
1: previous one where it was it the was opposite? It yeah. was Nagash had just been announced and, like, fantasy players came out of the woodwork. Because everybody knew the game needed a breath of, you know, fresh air. Uh, and... Undead Fan- fresh air is kind of a funny way of providing it, but fantasy
2: uh, in October had thirty <laughs> players, so
1: and I'm assuming it
2: was about the same for the other system too forty k was a little bit less, but twenty five
1: twenty yeah i think I think the potential's there. it's risky for sure, which is why it fits into the gutsy goatsy concept, but I think it needed to happen,
0: yeah, and honestly, I know for me, I'm it excited to mix for things it. up
1: in the bedroom to you know keep things interesting. I want to play the new <laughs> Skaven rat ogre things but right now I just have no desire to play the system but I want the models I want to have a reason to buy just those models but when I'm looking at lists right now that it would fit those into that sort of play style I'm looking at buying six to nine <laughs> yeah, the also
3: to Steve watch it because when you buy it one pose can do two. Yeah, yeah we're talking about this. We've discussed yeah, this. Yeah, second. Right. Okay, you know about that? All right. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's the thing is it's just... I. That's not going to let me buy that. I might buy the Vermin Lord, but I have the Fortable one, and I don't kind of like it as much.
3: It's just now the Thangible model is so That's nice. the one I want.
1: It's but so again, nice. I don't play. So <laughs> it's tough to justify that purchase.
0: So if it... I guess for me it's kind of two factors here. If it brings a bunch of old players back into the system... Totally gutsy. If it alienates all the current players, that's where I'd find it to be a more of a goatsy move. Like <laughs> <think laughs> how serious we're talking about
1: this is a side note. That's why I find <laughs> it gutsy be more... versus goatsy is
0: serious <laughs> shit. It man. is serious.
1: You can do some damage. So classy.
0: <laughs> so classy. <laughs> so classy. <laughs> all right. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely a great place to move on to <laughs> events. On that
1: bombshell.
2: No longer hearing him anymore. Events. We, do, do, do. we need some, like, event music as I dig up my calendar ba, ba, here, so. All right. Ba, dun, ba, dun, ba, dun, so we ba, dun, are not in January, dun. February, or March anymore, essentially. Uh, by the time essentially, of this... Essentially, I would go with we are not. That's Whoa, a static no. We're still at the end of March, but anyway. Oh, fair enough. Uh, so it's upcoming events, day. then. Um, I've got nothing till the middle of April. Um, to start off, there is a spring X-Wing tournament uh, in... Yorkton Saskatchewan on April 11th um so there's a Facebook group um he also posted on the West Coast uh X-Wing group cool so uh check that out uh on the 12th of April there is an X-Wing Store Championship uh down in Lethbridge at Showcase Comics and Hobbies so which, Paul Leroux can
1: go get his third
2: plaque? If he wants three plaques, he's got to make a drive. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Onslaught is also on that weekend, the 11th and 12th of April. Uh, as we just discussed, Warhammer 40k has sold out twice, and I've been expanding and making more room as I can. Uh, so yes. currently they're at 42 players for 40k. Um, I feel like it
0: has to stay capped there.
2: What, 42 players?
0: Yeah, it seems well, like a very good number.
1: They never advanced the timeline really past. That, if it was so.
0: forty-one players, it'd be even better.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Except
0: then. the
1: buy, just to keep it
2: thematic. <laughs> yeah, just kick somebody out. Well, I mean, if if people want to play forty K, I'll I'll let them. So there's there's still some room because other systems aren't selling out as quickly, um, and such. So fantasy were about a dozen, War Machine were about ten, uh, X Wing about ten. I can't wait to play IG2000. Malifos about 10. Malifos about 10. Dystopian and Firestorm are still at a handful. And uh, Infinity started picking up. they at a handful Half. as well. So there's still room. Still signed up. And I expect this next week to be busy for me. Answering a lot of emails and such. Uh, the weekend after is GrotzCon on the 17th, 18th, and 19th.
0: And they're actually running more systems than I thought. Yeah. I was looking at their website again recently, and they've got 40K, they've got Infinity. Yeah, they got a few. Uh, a couple of War Machine events. Um, there was something else I can't remember. Check so the website. Check the website. There'll be more info. Accurate info. Not like us. <laughs> we can tell you the dates, nothing else. Uh,
2: <laughs> then in May, we have May Day coming up on May 2nd. Uh, there's going to be a War Machine tournament there as well. Uh, lots of demo games for different uh, classical and historical game systems as Actually well. Actually, worth
1: checking out even if you're not into those systems. It's kind of they got some cool stuff going on.
2: It's a neat uh, it's a neat time for sure. So I highly recommend it. And I think there might be some drop zone demos there. I right. oh, think I heard a birdie. I think Trevor might be doing that. At Mayday, there. no, he yeah, is.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Trevor
2: yeah. is doing demos at Mayday. Awesome. So if you
0: want to hear play the game that we every once in a while talk about, uh, check it out. Yep.
2: Um, and then there is an X Wing tournament uh, in May third. Uh, again, it's going to be uh, at uh, Mission Fun of Games. No, is it? Yes. I believe it's Mission Fun of Games is doing another one on the third. I don't know. Uh, that sounds sooner than I would have guessed. But you're the man with the iPad. Uh, that's what I found on the website. So that's what I'm going with right there. So, and that's uh, April and May for tournaments. Cool. Yeah.
1: All right, well, before we go sign off, what do you guys play in? What's your first tournament? For what? For the coming up, what's the next one? Oh, onslaught. Um. Oh, I guess there's the Thunderground X-wing store championships on Tuesday. So, this will be like shortly after the episode gets posted. It's a Tuesday night. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be Thunderground. Did I, what did I say? You said mission. I meant thunder.
3: You said underground. You said drugs. Mission. You said mission. Everybody's talking. Let me just drink some
1: more.
2: Anyway, and Kate,
1: that's Tuesday. Okay, well now I'm really confused, <laughs> but no, that so that will be coming up. So I'll be I'll be playing in that. I'm not sure how many people are registered or anything just yet, but uh, yeah, yet yeah, another store championship. So I have a chance to redeem myself a bit after flaming out in the top four just the other day. I can hopefully uh, go get my plaque, so I can. You play an onslaught. And in Onslaught, I'll probably be playing X-Wing as well. With nice. 125, I have no idea what I'm going to take. There's so many more options with the slightly bigger lists. I'm going to play as well, and I'm going to crush you, because uh, you don't play 125 all the time, <laughs> so we have a level playing field, I feel like. I'm right? debating whether it's more fun to play something that's like super aggressive and crazy that doesn't fit at 100, or just take... There's an A, B, X, Y list that has like the pilots of all, like, the A-Wing, B-Wing, X-Wing, and Y-Wing that nobody takes for good reason. So have like... Just a garbage list. Have like Arvel in, in the A-Wing and like Jack Porkins and uh, <laughs> Ten Num. This one sounds like the best Sam. idea.
0: Sorry. I'm going to say right now, see. <laughs> <laughs> I like this because this reminds
1: me a little bit of your joke insurance fraud shuttle list. Yeah, it, c- it, could be, it could be shenanigans. Having four small ships at 125, it could end spectacularly bad. <laughs> but it could I be fun. It, it could Audio also be really it. fun.
0: I'm playing an Onslaught. Playing the game I can't talk about next week. Oh yeah, Apparently. I'm playing War Machine of Malifaux.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. Ward, you want to play an Onslaught? No, I cannot play an Onslaught. What? You should play and
0: run.
1: That seems reasonable.
3: Yeah. No, it's like the like... worst
1: thing you can ever do. Uh, yeah, especially uh, when you're running like five games at a time. You'll be fine. Yeah.
3: Mike, you playing? Yeah, Onslaught. Which play I don't know yet. He's not signed Ooh. up for anything yet. Yeah, you should play... Malifaux?
1: <laughs> he sounds so confident <laughs> in that one. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Well, if I think we're at nine, you'd the be. The files can. are
2: in the computer.
1: <laughs> if you want to come down and talk to the Hobby in Canada crew, we'll all be there. We, we should, will all be there. We should oh, be ready. Hey, wow,
2: we, we, should, we will be. Will we we be. should have jerseys on. We or, should do a podcast that night.
0: Yeah,
2: which night? Because it's on two nights. Saturday night, because oh, Sunday I'll be
1: sleeping. Because I'll be dead. The Sunday <laughs> we'll be
2: drinking. Or sorry, Saturday we'll be drinking.
1: Yeah, we can drinking? do a podcast. What's different about a normal podcast? Nothing. Absolutely I mean. nothing. So there
2: you go. <laughs> Alright, well that's the yeah. train wreck
0: for this week. Bum, bum, bump. This has been a very train wrecky episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Steve. I'm Steve.
3: And <laughs> I'm going to stay with Mike.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> until then, attend uh, <laughs> some tournaments, paint your models, and have some fun. And don't be an asshole to people who are trying to learn the game.